Welcome to Let's Fix Things, exploring how user experience impacts the world of IoT and connected devices. Boos, how are you doing today? Hey, Joe. Doing how, much better. Is no it more the, hay the, fever. the hay fever has gone down a little bit? Yeah, yeah. The rain took it out. It's, it, it's still quite summery out, still quite nice out, but I expect, yeah, much more rain since, since, we, since we live in a country that seems to provide us with a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, it's kind of helping me with my sad mood. <laughs> I'm sad. Why are you sad? Why, oh, why would you be sad? Especially when you're talking to me, that's horrible. Hmm. I-Fi. I-Fi is going to die. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, the, so an article that we passed around, we are, we are breaking our normal weekly rhythm to do a little short podcast, and, and part of it was spurred off this, uh, this very sad obituary uh, that we're getting more and more used to in the IoT space, and that is the, uh, the iFi cards. And, and uh, Chus, for people who are listening, what is, what is the iFi card? It's basically a Wi-Fi-enabled SD card, you know, the card that you put in your digital camera to store your photos on. It, uh, it came with a bunch of services to automatically upload your photos to a server or things like Google Photos. So it would make your camera a connected device just by putting in an SD card. Oh, yeah. That, that is... That is Monday Winner. We have a winner. Yep. <laughs> okay, we are back. Uh, so obviously we just had to cut a little bit out there. And for those of you who are wondering what that, uh, what that sort of winner, uh, winner siren was, Chus, uh, can you explain that a little bit for those who don't live in the Netherlands? Yeah, so that was the air raid siren. We practice that every month to keep everybody good and scared. So every first Monday of the month, you hear this at 12 o'clock exactly. I, I, I didn't jump under the table, though, and duck and cover. So I don't think it's working very effectively. But I, I, I think everybody has now heard it on the podcast. I'm not sure IKEA makes good duck and cover tables, Joe. No, <laughs> maybe not. All right, so before that, we were talking about the iFi card and that it had services that enable it to be become connected and they're stopping uh they're stopping those services uh later later this year or no they're sorry they're stopping September 16 second September 16 okay they stopped services for cards that are last year and older yeah actually um about a year old yeah so you could have bought it last year September and this year September you'll lose it yeah and so so this brings up the reason why we're sort of cutting into our normal schedule is this felt like a good, uh, a good topic to discuss a little bit further and expand upon. Uh, and and, and this, this gets into something we're going to discuss a little bit later within today's topic, but on to today's topic, which is we are going to talk about bundling of services. And then the, the whole idea from this uh, really spurred from this iFi discussion of, of, you know, dying services and what happens and what happens when, when uh, you know, we've said this before, when you have products that you purchase that are good for 10 years, but the technology in them is only good for three or four years or five years, how do you handle this, this uh, entire situation? And this has been something that I, I, I think has been a very unique discussion for us over the last few days which is bundling of IoT services as a business model. And you see, you see this in other industries, and for some reason within this industry, I think it's just too young at the moment. Uh, you, you haven't seen this, but you have larger companies that are developing large platforms. I mean, the three that we always mention here, Amazon, Google, Apple. But on the back end, you have GE, you have Salesforce, 
you have Comcast, you have all these companies that are developing their own enterprise IoT platforms or, or larger platforms to build on top of. And so there, there's quite a number of companies that um, are, are doing these, these very large and general type of platform plays. And then you have hundreds of small startups that are doing very, very niche uh, type of products. And, and what you're getting is sort of the, uh, the classic smile curve where there's nothing in the middle. There's a, there's a very large generic company that's, uh, that's selling services or on the, on the very, very opposite end, there's a very niche product. And this is where the idea of bundling comes in. And, and this is what I, you know, I think could do a lot of good. I think we, you know, as we've discussed, it could do a lot of good for the industry as a whole because it could prevent some of these, these situations like products dying or, or how do you handle it when products die. The idea or the problem that the, the industry has at the moment is you have these very expensive products because you, you put connectivity into these products. You want them to look nice, but you don't have any way to subsidize the cost of the hardware that you're putting in. So you end up with more expensive light bulbs, with more expensive washing machines. The $6,000 Samsung refrigerator, I think it was Samsung. Hopefully I'm not misquoting that. Uh, and, and these are all these very expensive devices because there's no service model to subsidize the cost of the hardware. And people don't want to pay 99 cents a month or, or, God, even 99 cents a year. Right? Applications have made this, everybody wants services for free. So nobody wants to pay for this uh, over time. And if you have 10 connected devices in your home, certainly nobody wants to pay 50 cents per device and have 10 different accounts uh, on, on all these different devices. So the, the idea that we've been discussing here is why aren't larger companies bundling services, packaging services, that offer you know, a set of connected products that you come into your house with, that you, you bring in a Nest Cam, you bring in a, a connected washing machine, all these different types of products, and you say, okay, we're going to sell you the products for 50% of the hardware cost, and it's going to cost you $9.99 a month to have your connected home. And all of a sudden, you get a lot of value out of this connected home. Someone's supporting it. Someone's doing upkeep for it. But all you have is, is Comcast or AT&T, uh, who's who's providing you with this service bundle, and they're coming in and dropping dropping products into your house, and they can replace those products. Yeah, this is a bit what what Apple is actually doing at the moment with their new subscription model, right? Where the payments go through Apple, and of course, this hasn't been going without growing pains. Um, some articles published last week about uh, Spotify being rejected with their new app because it's not making use of that subscription model? Yeah, they're trying something different. They're trying to get around it, basically, because they, they want to, I think it's that 15% they want they don't want to pay. Yeah, what, what they're saying is that they don't want to lower um, their uh, monthly rate, so Apple will put a premium on top of it to sell it, yeah. which makes them more expensive than Apple's own service. Or they get less money, right? Even yeah. One of the two. Yeah, so people would either pay the same amount through Spotify, getting a, a subscription there, but anybody subscribing through uh, an iPhone in the app would pay more. But here's the, here's the problem with that, though, is, is then every month or every year, whatever it is, when they remind me of my subscriptions, I see that I'm subscribed to five different services or six different services. And all of a sudden, every time I get that reminder, is just a reminder to me, am I using this service or maybe I should cancel the service? And it's almost like a way out. And I can see it, each individual service broken down, which if, if I compare that or I contrast it to the model that uh, over in the Netherlands, UPC Ziggo has, over in the US Comcast has, where they say, you know, we provide your connectivity. We, we come in with your internet, with your TV, and with your phone. 
I don't want a phone. I just want, I, I want to, I don't want the phone. Well, tough shit. You're going to get it in your bundle anyway. And, you know, obviously that's not the best example because people don't want those things. But if I could rather get, or maybe not rather, but if I just got one bill and I didn't see everything broken out, I'm probably much more likely to just continue on being serviced by that. Yeah. And, and what they provide versus what iFi can't or won't right now is that they provide you with a set-top box that works on their service. So they're selling you the service and the hardware comes with it, right? So whenever the set-top box stops working with what they provide as a service, somebody will ring your doorbell and give you new hardware. Yeah. So, okay. So I love the aspect of new hardware because we've just said that the technology and the hardware will die, but the hardware is still good. Um, but here, here's my problem with that, or at least with how things are, are done right now and why I think that they, that they should use all these smaller niche companies to provide the hardware for them. Cable boxes and the routers that I get from my cable company are usually pretty crappy white labeled products, right? And like nobody really wants them. They don't look nice. They're not, they're not well designed. The interface isn't well designed. The hardware isn't well designed. But if I could actually have things that are well designed and they serve a purpose in my home and they look nice, that, that's, that's convenience. That's value for me. Yeah, I could totally see a service where you can actually pick the hardware, yeah. but lease it uh, in a way where you say, I always want the newest phone with this service and that's what you're paying for. Yeah, so, so I mean, and that's one of the things now Apple in the U.S. does do that, right? I can sign up so that I can pay an additional premium price and every year I have the newest iPhone. And I would actually almost go the opposite. My iPhone's pretty old right now. I would take a discount to get an iPhone that's two years old. Yeah, you just buy into the Apple family and you say for how much would you want to be in there? Do you always want the newest one or do you want two generations ago? Yeah, so so from a, the point of view of a of a company, why couldn't I just list out? I mean, of course, this is still too too geeky, but just list out 100 connected devices. I go and pick the ones I want, and they deliver them. They set them up. I pay 9.99 or 29. I mean, you know, if it comes with my cable TV, you put the thermostat and the drop cam in there, and I pay an extra 9.99, and you just all package that up so that the the hardware is then subsidized by the the software and the service that you're doing and. All of a sudden, connected homes, to me, that seems like a way that these things would flourish and become mass adoption much faster. And maybe at that point, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the, the hardware doesn't need to be nice because it really becomes about the service that it's providing. Yeah. We, we actually had a, a major electronics store go bankrupt here in uh, the Netherlands a while ago. And um, after some outside investment, they reinvented themselves and came back with a new business model. They have exactly the same products in their store, except now you lease things. And you can lease a laptop there, or you can also lease a washing machine, or even your typical Philips Hue light bulbs. So you're no longer obligated to buy these products. You can lease them. And, and I bet they have a system where you can bring them back and, and get new ones whenever there's a, an end of service. So the, here is my service economy uh, plea then. And this is harder in Europe because Europe is made up of lots of different countries which have different regulations. So this, a place to start is the U.S., you have almost 400 million people you can try this with. Uh, you know, th there's all this talk that people are becoming more mobile. People are moving around. The service that I want is that I can pick up from Seattle. I can just leave everything there. I can leave everything in my house. And this gets to the portability of services that you brought up before that, you know, I, I have this hub and how do I get information out of my hub? But if Comcast or AT&T or somebody like that is providing me with a service, I get up out of my home. I walk, maybe, maybe I bring my couch and my bed. Because uh, those are the two things, the two pieces of furniture that I have that I really want to keep. I walk over into a new apartment in D.C. 
And all of a sudden I have my same connected devices delivered to me, just like I have my internet service, just like I have my, my cable box uh, to me. So why, why can't I just have even more portability of services, especially if I'm becoming more mobile as a person? Uh, you know, that, that starts to break down a little bit as I move between countries, but there's countries that are large enough, China, the U.S., India, that you could, that you could believe this could actually work over time. I think the last thing, since we're trying to keep this bite size, is the replacement of products. We, we brought up um, the aspect of replacing the iPhone, but that is your other problem. And that's where the i5 really spurred this, this conversation. And that's where it all started to come from, is that you have people aren't going to buy into a connected product system at the moment, seeing that products are being uh, collected in a graveyard. Nobody wants to go out and spend $300 or $400 on a thermostat thinking that in two years that's going to be a service that's not usable. Uh, and, and, so, and rightfully so, right? So you, you can't have mass adoption if people don't believe that these things are going to be utilized. So that's why you come back to a company that bundles it, they replace it. And again, I can pick if I want the newest hardware or maybe, maybe you, uh, Hus, you got the newest hardware. I don't really care. I'll take a washing machine that's five years old and you just pop new connect, you know, connectivity module into there and then it still provides me my same connectivity. It still allows me to start it from where I am remotely. It just doesn't look like it's the newest thing. But those types of services, that's, I, I would love somebody to do, maybe we'll do it at some point, uh, but just a, a real sort of business analysis on where that, where that could go from a bundled service. But it seems to me like a way that you could really generate mass adoption across a country. You could really sell people's products in a way that people could consume them. I like when... Recycling becomes part of the business model where, you know, if you get your device from this uh, manufacturer or this company, that you know that the end of life is not your drawer. It's a much more compelling model, I agree, than simply thinking that you're going to throw these things out and somewhere there's a graveyard of connected devices. So I, I, I think we said we were going to keep it short. We're at, we're at time or so, maybe a little under 15 minutes, so we'll wrap it up. And uh, Chris, we will uh, we'll talk again next week. Yep. Cool. Talk to you soon. Bye, man. Bye.